0: Good evening. Great to see you. Hope you are having a fab weekend. Wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, If you don't know me, my name's Gareth, one of the leaders here. Great to welcome you on this Easter weekend. You know what? Um, I feel incredibly privileged because we've just got a great worship team. We really have, and um so grateful for the worship here, but particularly when you're a preacher and it feels like every song is just kind of like preaching your message. Um, so kind of well done. Uh, well done. Um, where are they? Well done, Gareth and um, Toby and the, and the guys. Well done. Thank you so much. Um, incredibly precious. Well, for many, it was just an ordinary day. It was just an ordinary day like every other day. Maybe the sun was shining, birds were singing in the trees. It was just another day. Men were off to work, out into the fields, getting their nets, getting in their fishing boats, out into the mountains for some hunting. Carpenters had things to build, day laborers would just take whatever they could take to get a hard day's pay. Others were off to the stone quarries, and as was the culture of the day, well, the women they were kind of washing. They were looking after the kids. They were um, cooking the meal for the for the day. They were preparing the home. It was just an ordinary day, and for most people today, is just another day. For the disciples, Jesus' followers, it was a horrible day. It was their nightmare. They could never have seen this coming. Hopes and dreams of a new kingdom were gone. Jesus, dead and buried. How could they have been so wrong? You know, had they backed the wrong horse, how could Jesus have been three and a half years of talk and now this? Now this. They'd been so afraid, they ran away. What were they supposed to do? Back to their fishing nets? For Mary, the mother of Jesus, no doubt it was horrific. Terribly sad weekend. Two days before on Friday, she'd watched her son be executed like a common criminal on the cross, naked, lying beaten and bruised. Saturday was the Sabbath and so she couldn't even go to the grave. Perhaps she spent the day weeping, pouring out her heart. What had happened? Why? Maybe remembering all the fond memories of his birth at Bethlehem. The time they were at a family wedding and he turned water into the most exquisite fine wine. And now this tragic weekend when her son was killed. Easter. An ordinary weekend for most. The day goes by like any other day. But for a small group... A tiny group of friends and followers and family members. This day, Sunday, is life transforming. And for most people today, here in Cheltenham, Gloucestershire, wherever you're from, if you're from afar and you're visiting us today, so great to see you. Thank you for joining us. But for most people today, is just like any other day. Okay, it's the weekend. Maybe there's some significance to it because we all know there's, a, there's significance attached to chocolate, don't we? And we get a long weekend. A Friday and a Monday. I mean, what's that about? I read this morning a tweet from Gary Lineker. Funny how we get brainwashed as children into believing these bonkers religious stories. Might be true though, I suppose. If you've got a Bible, please uh, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Gareth read it earlier. We're going to read it again together. If you've got an iPad, iPhone, switch it on to Matthew 28. I'm going to read the first 10 verses. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. It was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. That in itself is so cool. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards, they were so afraid, they shook and became like dead men the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings. <laughs> they came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. There they will see me. What started out as an ordinary day became the most extraordinary day. A day unlike they have never ever experienced before and never again this day is the day that changed everything resurrection all bets are off the laws of nature have been changed and from this moment on history will never be the same never be the same the tomb is empty Jesus is not there Jesus is alive. If you're ever having a bad day, ever struggling in your life, ever thinking, oh, what the heck, you know, just remember three words Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And I pray that will give focus. But what does this all mean? What does Easter mean? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to the church? What does it mean to those outside this building, perhaps, who are out over at Nando's, Pizza Express, taking a movie at Cineworld? What does this day mean? Those that have been shopping, maybe those that are gathering with their families, it's just a holiday. What does it mean to them? Well, let's start with what it means for us, perhaps. Easter is good news. Easter is the best news. Jesus is alive. That in itself is just the best message you could ever hear. Jesus is alive. Everything changes. And in my view, there are probably hundreds of reasons Brilliant theological reasons why Easter is good news. Easter is good news for all of humanity. And I could probably spend the next 15 days preaching about Easter and why Easter is such great news. You know, Easter is great news for your friends, Easter is great news for your family. You know, Easter is great news for bringing peace in Syria not US Tomahawk missiles, but an empty tomb is the good news that will bring peace in Syria. Easter is great news because we experience the extravagant love of God. It's where we can encounter Jesus who is not dead but is alive. It's where we can encounter the power for healing and wholeness in our lives. It's where we can be set free from addictions and patterns of behaviour. Easter is good news. Easter can transform every life on the face of planet Earth today. It's good news. I just want to focus on three reasons today why I think Easter is good news for us. I hope this resonates with you. Firstly, Easter means we don't have to live with any guilt and shame. Easter means that you no longer have to live with any guilt and shame. I don't have to live with guilt and shame anymore. Why? Because Jesus has paid for my rebellion and my selfishness and my sins on the cross. And he has nailed it to the cross so that I no longer need to nail it to the cross for myself. The truth is that sadly many people go through life riddled with guilt and shame. Maybe living with regrets and they carry them through life. They're weighed down with guilt and shame and maybe you're here tonight and you're carrying some stuff Stuff that maybe you're embarrassed about. Stuff that you feel you've done wrong. and Things that you've said, things that you've perhaps not said and you just feel the guilt and perhaps the shame of some of the things that have happened in your life. You know, if I were to ask you to make a list of things you regret in life, I imagine if you were like me, they would begin to pop into your mind uh, relatively quickly. You know, perhaps words you've said to someone that, you've, that have come out and you just can't take them back. I regret saying that. You know, if nobody ever saw your list and I asked you to make a list of things that you feel guilty of, I wonder if, like me as well, you might find it a little bit too easy, a bit too quick to make that list. And if you were guaranteed nobody else would see it, and I asked you to make a list of things that you were felt ashamed of. I wonder if they'd pop into your mind too. But God never intended for you and I to carry guilt and shame. The things that we've done in our life, the things that we've perhaps not done in our life to help other people that we feel quite burdened by. You know, what Jesus came to bring was freedom and forgiveness, freedom and forgiveness from guilt and shame in our life, the Apostle Paul puts it like this, in Christ, in Jesus we are set free by the blood of his death, that's Good Friday, that's the crucifixion and so we have forgiveness of sins because of God's rich grace If you've got your own Bible, if you've got one of those apps that you can highlight stuff, underline those words, free and forgiven. The cross, the resurrection, mean that you can be free and know God's forgiveness in your life. You might say, well, how's that possible? Well, according to the biblical accounts, the night that Jesus was arrested, Monday, Thursday, Thursday night, Jesus went through six courtroom trials. None of those trials were legal because it's illegal in that, in that um, culture to have a night's trial. But the religious leaders, they wanted to finish things very quickly. They saw an opportunity. They wanted to seize it. They wanted to prosecute. They wanted to persecute. And they wanted to execute Jesus. That was their plan. And after six trials, do you know what they found Jesus guilty of? Nothing. Nothing. They found Jesus guilty of nothing. And so they got some witnesses together where they paid them a little bit of money and they they persuaded them to to give out some fake news. Thing was, all their fake news contradicted each other and it just couldn't stand. And so still, they couldn't bring anything against Jesus, had nothing to hang him on. Finally, they made an accusation that stuck. Why? Because it's true. This was their accusation. He claims to be God. He claims to be God. That was it. So Jesus was sentenced to be killed by crucifixion. Crucifixion is by far probably the most brutal form of torturous execution ever known to man it's bloody, it's gory, it's brutal and it leads to this moment where you hang on a cross nails holding your arms and your feet and if you just hang there you start to sink and you, you just start to suffocate and usually they Carry out crucifixion over a period of days, and people come to mourn and cry at the foot of the cross of the person that is being killed and crucified. And <coughs> Jesus was there, and um, they stuck a spear in his side just to make sure he was dead. Why did Jesus go through all that torture and pain? He did it so that you and I would be forgiven. Of our guilt and shame, and set free to know Him and come into relationship with God the Father through Him, through what He's done for us at the cross, so that we can live with Him in eternity. Why? Because He loves us and because He had us in mind when He formed the earth's foundations. He founded us in in His mind. (coughs) Excuse me. What's more, when Jesus hung on the cross, he was thinking of you and me. And in words that ring through history, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they're not just only words for those that were his executioners. They are words that ring through history. Because we don't know what we're doing. Most of us in our life, we have no clue. I mean, we might think we do. But in the things that we say and the the way that we act towards ourselves, in our human, fallen, sinful nature, we don't know what we're doing. And Jesus speaks out throughout history this prophetic message: "Father, forgive them." I wonder if I ask you a question: Who killed Jesus? Who put Jesus on the cross? It's perhaps not who you might think. You might think maybe it was Judas, the betrayer. You might think it was Caiaphas, the high priest, or Pilate, the Roman governor. It wasn't even the crowd who cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Send this Jesus to the cross. It wasn't the Roman soldiers. There are two answers to that question, who put Jesus on the cross? The first one, the first answer, God did. God put Jesus on the cross. It was part of his plan. It's the whole reason he sent Jesus to earth. Jesus was born to die. It was for that purpose. He didn't come to be a great teacher, although he was. He came to be the saviour of the world and to die for our sins so that we would be free of guilt and shame and he did it for our benefit Jesus died on the cross for you to save you to save me There's a powerful message in the Bible that explains the crucifixion of Jesus in Isaiah 53. The words will appear on the screen. And in Isaiah 53, Isaiah speaks these words out. He prophesies 500 years before the death of Jesus. And he says this, all of us have strayed away like sheep. Speaking of people, speaking of humanity. In other words, we basically do our own thing. We've gone our own way. We've forgotten God We've rebelled, we're doing our own thing. We've left God's plans to follow our own way. The Bible calls that sin, to live for ourselves rather than in a life in relationship and for God. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. The Lord, God, laid on him. What Isaiah is saying here is that God is responsible for this. The cross was my idea. Somebody's got to pay for your sins, either you or somebody else, and I'm going to pay for your sins for you. Most incredible gift that God has given to humanity. The Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. Isaiah goes on, he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. From prison and trial, they led him away to his death. But who among the people realised that he was dying for their sins? That he was suffering for their punishment? He'd done no wrong and he never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have a multitude of children. Isaiah here is talking about future followers. The 2.3 billion followers of Jesus in the world today. 2.3 billion. That's resurrection power. God put Jesus on the cross and declared his plan through the prophet Isaiah 500 years earlier. The second answer to who put Jesus on the cross is I did. Because if I hadn't sinned, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross for my sins. And you did. We did. If you hadn't sinned in life, if we hadn't sinned in life, there would be no reason for Jesus to come and die for our sins. And if Jesus hadn't wanted to have give given his life for us, for you, it wouldn't have happened. But he chose the cross. Jesus chose the cross for you. Paul in his letter to the Romans says this, Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins. And... He was raised from the dead to make us right with God. Come on. He died for our sins, for all our stuff, all our shame, all of our guilt, all of our, you know, the messy stuff. I'm holding myself back. To make us right with God. That we can have a right relationship with God. He took on the unjust stuff that we might be made just and right and righteous with God. A righteous man for the unrighteous. That's you and that's me. So why is Easter such good news? We don't have to feel guilty. We don't have to live With regrets. We don't have to feel ashamed of all the things we've done or, in fact, not done anymore because Jesus has taken that away at the cross. We're free and forgiven. I told you Easter was good news, it's great news. Secondly, Easter means we don't have to fear death. You know, one of the most common fears to humanity worldwide is the fear of death. Maybe you have a fear of death. It's common to most of us. Why? Because there's a great deal of uncertainty. What's going to happen? You know, I mean, is, is anything going to happen? Am I just dead, stuck in a hole, or burnt, or whatever, and then, I don't know, am I going to come back as an ant? What's, you know? There's a lot of fear around it. I don't want to come back as an ant. I want to come back as a resurrected Gareth. That sounds good, doesn't it? A resurrected Gareth. A better version. You're all thinking, yeah. That would be nice for us now. But Jesus defeated death. Jesus overcame death. The grim reaper was standing there and he just said, uh uh, on your bike. Jesus is alive. And Jesus proved that there is life beyond death. So we don't have to fear death anymore. You know, one of the main reasons that Christianity spread throughout the known world in the first century is because there were eyewitnesses to his resurrection, that Jesus was alive, that he was no longer dead, that he was alive. You know, the strongest form of testimony in a courtroom, in a trial, is an eyewitness. You know, someone who said, I saw it. It's very difficult to agree with someone who quite categorically says, I saw it. And in the New Testament, there are hundreds of eyewitness accounts of Jesus being alive. Take, it, take this. Peter writes this to the early church. He says, when we told you about the powerful coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's talking about the, the resurrection. We were not telling made up stories that somebody invented. Rather, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, of his majesty. Who is someone who's majestic? A king. We're eyewitnesses to King Jesus. But it wasn't just a few disciples. It was dozens and dozens and dozens. Right in the book of Acts, Luke, who's known for his details, says this in Acts 1 verse 3. For 40 days after his death, Jesus appeared to People many times in many ways that proved beyond doubt, beyond doubt, that he was alive. They saw him and he talked about the kingdom of God. I mean, imagine being one of those people who maybe was one of those fake news witnesses and you were there at the cross and you saw Jesus, you know, dead, spear. And there he is walking down the street. I mean, that's got to mess with your head, hasn't it? You know, the Bible tells us there were eyewitnesses over a period of 40 days. And Paul lists a few of these in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says this Christ Jesus, he died for our sins. We've talked about that. Just as the scriptures said, he was buried, yes, in a tomb, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen, seen, By Peter, then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 followers at one time. This building will seat 600. So take 100 off. All together, all of us in the same room, Jesus is there in our midst. He's alive. And he goes on to say, most of whom are still alive though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. You know, when Paul was writing about these eyewitnesses, many of them were still alive. So if there was any any possibility of contending the fact that Jesus wasn't alive, that he was dead, and these eyewitnesses were making it all up, People could have spoken out, oh, that, you know, that actually, James, actually, that's not what I saw. He was alive. 500 people. You know, we have in all of history's writing no record of anyone contesting these eyewitness accounts in the New Testament. Why? Draw your own conclusions. And that's not the whole list. We know that Mary Magdalene saw him at the tomb. We know that the Easter morning, a group of women saw him and had a conversation with him. We know that that afternoon, Peter had had a conversation with him. We know that later, Jesus was walking down the road um, to a place called Emmaus, and he met two followers, and he had dinner with them. He was alive. Friends, add all these eyewitness accounts up. And it's what's called conclusive proof. It's called irrefutable definitive evidence and it would stand up in any court of law in any country today. Jesus is alive. Here's why it's important that Jesus is alive. First, it validates who he was and is. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one sent from God to be the savior of the world, to take the payment of all our sins upon himself at the cross. Jesus is the savior. God kind of like stamps this validation on and saying, My son who died there, boom, is alive. How? By the power of God at work. Second reason, I think why it's important that Jesus is alive, for me anyway, is that you can't really have a relationship with a dead person. I mean, that's just weird, isn't it? I know some people do it. I don't know. Go figure. See, the Christian faith is a relationship with someone who is alive, not a dead religion. Thirdly, Jesus being alive is important because it guarantees our future hope and resurrection ourselves. Jesus himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. He's resurrection and life. And there's no resurrection apart from Jesus. He is life. And Jesus does more than give life. He's life itself. And that's why death cannot overpower him because he is Life and to all who put their trust and faith in Him, we have that same life that overcomes the power of death. Easter is such great news because we don't need to fear any guilt and shame of the past, of the present, we don't need to fear death because Jesus is alive, He's God. We can have a relationship with him and he guarantees our future resurrection. Thirdly and finally, Easter is great news. It's good news because Jesus' presence is with us. Because nothing of man could contain Jesus. No tomb, no whatever ton stone could keep him in the grave. No one could kill this Jesus for eternity. He died, yes, but by the power of God, he was raised to new life. No human mindset, no philosophy, no religion can contain God. Nothing can ever restrict God or box him in. His presence is everywhere and his power is uncontainable too. His power and his presence are available. That's what Easter means. His power and his presence are available to all who would call Jesus Lord by the Spirit of God. You know, the night before Jesus um, goes to the cross, he's with his closest friends and he basically says to them, guys, I'm gonna be arrested. I'm gonna let them kill me and uh, I'm going to let them kill me on the cross and three days later I'm going to come back to life. Now of course they didn't believe him and then he went on to say and I'm going to come back from heaven I'm going to be around for about 40 days give or take Um, and then I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. To be with you and to be in you. And in one of the resurrection appearances Luke records this when Jesus says this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, my eyewitnesses, those that give testimony to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me um, ask you an honest question. Do you ever feel like giving up? Do you ever feel like you've come to Europe? Do you ever get sick and tired of life? Do you ever get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you ever feel like, do you know what? I'm just... I'm not sure if I can do this Christian thing. I'm not sure if I can do this God thing. I'm just running on empty. Maybe you feel that not just about faith. Maybe you feel that about life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he never intended us to go through our life in our own power. Jesus intended for you and I to go through our life with his powerful spirit with us and in us. And that same spirit of Jesus is alive and available to all who would surrender their life to him. Paul says this to the church in Ephesus beginning of his letter he says I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him I don't believe you know as as as, I don't think I have a full grasp of the power of God that's available to me as a follower of Jesus and if you're anything like me I suspect you might not too but get this it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead You know, it's that Hillsong song, isn't there? The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Come on. And here's the power of the resurrection. If you're a follower of Jesus, that power of the resurrection is available to you every day when you call on the name of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you don't know whether you're a Christian or not and you're here tonight, I'd love you to make maybe that decision tonight to make, to make that decision to follow Jesus and to enter into this journey of faith and life with Jesus. Because the same power that conquered the grave in Jesus is available to you in your life if you're not a follower of Jesus here tonight, if you would surrender your life to him. That same power, is available it's the power of God to conquer and to bring freedom from the past it's the power to start over it's the power to change our patterns of behavior things we can't change God can change in us It's the power to keep going when we feel like giving up. It's the power to conquer problems and habits that we can't break. It's the power to keep on overcoming everything. It's the power to heal our broken relationships. It's the power to transform our finances. It's the power to achieve our dreams. It's God's power and it's available to anyone that will surrender their life to Jesus, inviting the Holy Spirit to come in. That's the amazing, great good news of Easter, no more guilt and shame, no more death and God's power to live life to the full in his kingdom with Jesus as Lord and King for eternity. That is something worth giving your life for. Let's stand. If you're new and you're visiting us tonight, so great to have you and usually what we do as we're going to do now is just going to have a time of just waiting. We believe that the word of God doesn't return empty and so um, we're praying the word of God has gone out and we're praying um, because we believe that there's always a response to the word of God in human hearts and I wonder what your response to God's word tonight is. What's your response to Jesus tonight? I'm just going to firstly give an opportunity. If you are here tonight and you know that you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you've just found yourself here, maybe you've come along with a friend because you're staying with them over Easter and they've kind of like, they basically took you for a meal and said, oh, why don't we go to church? And you find yourself here, I don't know, however they got you here. We're so pleased that you're here. But if you are here tonight and you know that you have not said your yes to Jesus and invited Jesus into your life and chosen to live for him, then I want to give that opportunity. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite everyone to close our eyes, if that's all right, in a second. I'm just going to explain what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite everyone to close our eyes. And as we do that, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And as I pray this prayer, I'm going to pause after each kind of phrase and if you know you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, I'm going to just invite you to say the, that, those phrases in the quiet of your own heart. And this is between you and God. I don't need to necessarily hear your prayer. This is between you and God, a prayer of commitment to invite Jesus into your life and to choose to live for him. And at the end of that prayer, I'll say amen, which means, and so it be, God, may it be so and um, at the end of that prayer I'm just going to ask everyone just to keep their heads bowed and eyes closed and I'm just going to invite if you prayed that prayer for the first time um, just to put your hand up and here's why because I would love to um, um, pray for you at the end and I'd love to give you one of these little Why Jesus booklets explains more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus than we can do on a Sunday and after um, a message like tonight Um, and I'd love to do that and so it's for my benefit so that I know who to give that to and so that also I can pray for you. Um, but also I want to say there might be some here tonight that, as as Tim started the celebration this evening that um, you're one of those that's been away for a while you've been away from church perhaps and you're here tonight and you just know you cannot keep going in your life without being in the community of faith and having Jesus at the centre of your life and if that's you, I just want to invite you to say the same prayer that I'm going to pray um, now. So why don't we close our eyes? By the way, we've got some more stuff I think the Lord wants to do. I think the Lord wants to do some healing. Because there's the power of God's here tonight. So why don't we close our eyes? Just invite us all to do that, if that's okay. Just to respect those that are just going to pray this prayer for the first time as a prayer of commitment. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you died to take away my shame and guilt. I thank you that you died for my sins on the cross. I'm sorry for living my life for myself and tonight I invite you to come into my life please forgive me please give me your freedom fill me with your powerful Holy Spirit, that I may live for you all the days of my life. Amen. If you just ask everyone to keep your eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer um, for the first time, may I ask you just to put your hand up and I can see, just wave at me so I can say thank you thank you thank you thank you and if you prayed that prayer as a prayer of recommitment you're one of those that you just you know you've been away for a while can I invite you to put your hand up as well guys open your eyes there's a party going on in heaven tonight you know um, I love Easter I love talking about the cross I love telling people about Jesus And uh, I think it was six people made first-time commitments just to that, just prayed that prayer for the first time tonight. Thank you, and five recommitments. And um, the Bible says that when people make that journey of turning towards Jesus and inviting him into their life, that there's a party that goes on in heaven. And I'd love to chat and pray with um, those that made those first-time commitments, if that's all right, just come and grab me. I'd love to give you uh, one of these little booklets. But I just want to, um, we haven't finished yet, but I just want to invite us just to be still for a moment and um, to invite God's spirit and his power and his presence to come. Because I think the Lord wants to do some other stuff. Lord, we welcome your presence again. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the power of the cross. As I was praying before, I just felt you know just out of this message there were some that you know you know that you are carrying some stuff at the moment you're carrying some guilt you're carrying some shame and I want to invite you in a moment with others for other things to come to the front and to stand with sort of like hands out as it were to just kind of like lay it out at the cross we got this powerful cross behind us all lit up I just want to invite you in a moment if you know that you've got stuff in your life no one's going to ask you what it is we don't do kind of personal confession in this way in the life of this church but if you know that there's some stuff that you need to let go of you're a Christian and there's just stuff that's been burning you you know you need to let let go of it I just want to invite you to come to the front in a moment and just let it out before Jesus I think as um well, I think there's um, I think there are there's two people who um, you you actually do have a very serious fear of death, and I want to pray that God would set you free from that. If that's you, in a moment, I want to invite you to come to the front so that we can pray for God to set you free from that fear, because Jesus has broken that fear. Sometimes we just need the power of God to come in and mentally emotionally physically set us free from it and um, I think as well for healing and um, if you are sick or unwell we'd love to pray for you tonight but I just want to give a couple of words of knowledge out which I think is um, God's given me I just share it and then if if you are the proud owner of these little idiosyncrasies then usually God kind of speaks in this way in the life of this church because he wants to do something he wants to demonstrate his power for the purposes of bringing healing I think um, there's someone who's got severe eczema and you've got severe eczema down um, this right hand side of your back particularly God showed me that and if that's you we want to pray for you I think um, as well there's someone that has had a a knee operation and um, it didn't go very well and if that's you we want to pray for God's power to break in and bring healing if you've had a knee operation recently it didn't go well we want to invite God's power and presence to come and bring healing I think there's someone that's got deafness in the left ear you can probably only hear me in your right ear Um, so if you've got any deafness in fact if there's anybody that's got deafness in ears tonight we want to pray for God to open those ears up and bring release and healing and complete full restoration of the eardrums so if that's you I want to invite you to come to the front I think as well someone's got a broken finger um, I think it's on the right hand I think it's I don't know what's that finger first, second I think someone's broken their second finger in if that's you when well, we want to pray for healing so here's the thing we're a church that believes in what we preach we believe in the power of Easter we believe that Jesus is alive And that actually not to respond to that, we would be foolish. We would be unwise. And I want to invite you, if any of the stuff that I've just shared, you know that's you. You know, whether if you've made that first time commitment, we want to pray for God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. If you've made a recommitment, we want to pray for the same. If you've got any of those physical little idiosyncrasies, I want to invite you to come to the front so that we can pray for you. Just say to the person who's praying for you, I'm the one with the second finger or I'm the one with the, the you know the, the eczema on the back and, um, and what people will usually do is just lay a hand on where it hurts basically and invite Jesus' power to come and if you're someone who you know you, you're carrying stuff you shouldn't be carrying then again we want to invite you to the front as well so just come come to Jesus just come now come now